Welcome back to This Is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Risk. Straight out of fucking Boston fucking hardcore. My brother BG on the mic. This is the first of two tracks I'm playing today in celebration of the Fool's Game Risk Split Recording. Which is now available for pre-sales. And is going to be out on Never Ran, Never Will Records. Now to the young brother and newly minted Cement Mason Apprentice. Justin Clemo, Stucky, Big Jake, and the boys in Fool's Game. Yo, Reese, what's up, too? We got fucking well, pound. Like I said, ooh, Go down to fucking Pennsylvania to catch on a fucking Fool's Game march, dude. It's going to be wicked piss up. Beers and broads, kid. What's up? I've been listening to uh, the new Fool's Game shit you came out with. I'll tell you what. God damn, boy. I'll tell you what, man. You're fired. Love you lots, bro. Hit me up. Bye. Like I said, that was Fool's Game. The track, Fool's Game. Again, the split is now available. Get your pre-orders. Check both these fucking bands out. At This Is Hardcore next weekend. Uh, we actually have both BG and Clemo together as the guest for today's show, celebrating, promoting the new Split 7-inch Split record on my brother Richie's label, Never Ran, Never Will Records. Obviously, you heard us talk a lot about this between the Carry by 6 and the Hold My Own stuff. Now we're on to the Fool's Game Risk stuff. Absolutely fucking fantastic. I had a blast with this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it later on. Also, uh, later on, we're going to have my buddy Pete checking in, telling us a little about Hard Turf, band coming up from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. They played the GB show. They're getting their name out there. And with a little bit of a shorter podcast this week, I just wanted to throw as much in there. So for you who go to work, look forward to listening to some podcasts, don't just have like an hour. It doesn't sound weird that there's only an hour. That sounds short, right? So, throw a little extra in there. Hope you guys enjoy it. And um, thank you to everybody who understands the way that this fucking podcast actually works. You know, uh, again, I said about the DeWitt episode last week. He was kind enough to jump in with this post-production and drop that 
electric guitar, which actually didn't come in through the noise cancellation stuff. And I really do think it really added a layer of cool, interesting history of what got Dwid to be where he's at with integrity, a lot of the noise stuff that he's interesting uh, interested in. And people really do love hearing about that era, despite him asking me constantly, is this boring? I had a blast. And uh, again, I'm sure from time to time, I, I, I got to give a big shout out to my boy Zach from 185 Miles South, who was like, yeah, dude, everyone fucks up. Don't worry about it. was really kicking myself in the ass for uploading the wrong file. I hate when, you know, we don't come out pristine, perfect. But again, this is a, uh, I, I do the recording, I do the editing, I <laughs> do all the stuff on here. So um, it's a little hard. And I do fuck up sometimes, so thank you for those who understand. And for those of you who don't, go down the street, listen to some more polished podcasts, I guess. Um, it, needless to say, this is Hardcore is next weekend. Uh, the biggest change, if you are going on Friday, is that Year of the Knife, obviously, is not playing. Um, Maddie is in the process of physical therapy and recovering. And obviously won't even be back on the East Coast for quite some time. So we have Hazing Over coming out, playing. Show's going to be fucking fantastic. Friday night is absolutely, completely sold out. Saturday and Sunday, you can still get your two-day pass. And as of right now, you can even go Saturday and probably still pick up your two-day pass. I had a couple people hit me like, hey, can I show up? I don't want to pay all the extra fees. Just want to get my ticket at the door. It's plausible right now that you could probably still get a two-day pass. But I would suggest get it in advance because in the last week of the any show, not just This Is Hardcore, but just regular shows, people tend to wait till the last week to get their ticket. Obviously, they're holding on to their money last minute. I don't blame them. But don't wait. But there is plausibility that you'll be able to show up Saturday morning and get a two-day pass. And we do have tickets individually for Saturday and Sunday. And I don't need to keep telling you where to go find it because you should already know if you're listening to This Is Hardcore Podcast, where to find This Is Hardcore Fest. It kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Uh, I cannot speak on what the fuck Bob is going to drop Monday. All I can tell you is that it's going to be one of these, what? And holy shit, potentially break the internet type shit. That fucking Bob Wilson, this guy is literally killing it. Dropping two shows, end of October. Philadelphia will be fucking on fire those nights. I'll tease you a little bit, and obviously it's not our favorite venue. But I'll let Bob speak for himself when he drops his shit early next week. We do have shows. You can find them at phillyhcshows.com or phillyhcshows on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all the shit that we do on the old school Facebook. <laughs> I can't believe we still use it. Philly Hardcore Shows. I think Chris X still actually does all the event pages, which is sick because I hate it setting them up. So I'm pretty sure Chris X still does them. Um, look forward to a ton and a ton, a ton of shit coming in the fall. But since we're talking about next week, it is important to let you know that Bob is not fucking around. A huge part of this is hardcore, a huge part of Philly Hardcore. And he's added some cool shit around the fest to make it fun, starting off with Crown Court. I don't know if you fuck with Crown Court, but you should. Absolutely going to be fucking awesome. That's actually the Wednesday. 
Wednesday, August 2nd, Crown Court with Violent Way from Buffalo. Dude, they cover the Blitz. Hardcore punk skinhead kids from Buffalo. Jive Bomb from Maryland. Impact Driver from Philly. And the Doc Martin Sound System. This is at Philly Mocha. 20 Beans starts at 7. That's going to kind of set off the beginning of This Is Hardcore Weekend. We're not doing a Thursday show. So this is the closest as... I'm not going to call it a pre-show because it's not. It's the Wednesday. But we'll be out there hanging out. Come and support some punk rock boy shit. Courtesy of Bob Wilson. And then... The show starts Friday, as again, Underground Arts, if you got your ticket, go there. If not, we'll see you Saturday and Sunday at the Electric Factory. However, that's what people, and they're breaking balls. Well, what's going to go on? What's going to happen? Well, we got our friend DJ Evan Edge, who just made it into Philadelphia, like a Philadelphia magazine for like best of DJs, which is fucking mind-blowing, but I've always seen tons of my friends start off and, and and as a friend, you want to break balls. Oh, what are you going to be a fucking DJ? What do you, what do you think you're going to be fucking something? Well, it's cool to see that even though he has returned to the man's work of being a drywall taper during the day, he is getting recognition for being a DJ at night. So he kind of came in and said, "Hey, we'll help you out, and we are going to have ourselves a lovely little what do you want to call it a goth night? Might be the way called a goth night." Directly after the show, Friday. You don't have to leave and go find somewhere because we got something for you. Underground Arts presents Sanctuary, Goth Industrial, EBM, Dark Wave, Witch House, Funk. Still trying to figure out what Funk means. Uh, big shout out to OB, old school OB from Frankfurt, who said, Am I too old? I don't know what Funk is. And post punk. This is August 4th. This is Friday night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. The show's over. This is very European for people who've never been or played Europe. The hardcore show happens, then it gets crazy, and it turns into a goth night. Well, that's what's going to happen Friday after Integrity. You can sit, sit, hang around. It's DJ Skeleton Lipstick, DJ Evan Edge. It's going to be fucking awesome. Hang out, party all night. Gives you guys all something to do. And then we roll into Saturday. This is hardcore. At the Electric Factory. But again, Bob Wilson said the hits don't stop here. The, this is Hardcore After Show. that starts at midnight, Saturday, August 5th, Simulacra. Dirty Dom Pabam, Live It Down from Cleveland, and Balmora. I believe they're South American homies with Raw Brigade. And first band is on at midnight, 15 bucks. Bong's still closed. That's Saturday. There's no Sunday after party. There's people who got fucking work. And who the fuck wants to go to a third fucking after party and be up all night except for people on cocaine or just bored? So this hardcore is going to be jumping around. Thank you to everybody who hit us up for tables, all the fucking sponsors. It's actually been pretty fucking awesome. Really excited for this one. Sometimes I roll into this as hardcore fest and I'm anxious. Sometimes I'm frustrated. Sometimes I just want it the fuck over already. But I can truly say with no cap that I'm actually excited to see how this is all going to fucking work out. We have so many cool people that have put a lot of time into the fest to make it feel organized. And I think after doing it since 2006 and after the return from COVID, we really have our shit on board and ready to lock and load. Thanks to Greg Daly. Thanks to Greg Falchetto, to Eric Walk. To Bob Wilson, to Jess Riley, Chris X, all the folks jumping in, giving a hand, 
to make the fucking fest feel seamlessly ready to rock and roll already. I'm going to see you guys all in a week. Thank you for supporting the podcast. First, we are going to have a little check-in with my boy Pete. All right. Welcome to the show, my good friend, Pete from Hard Turf. Checking in, talking about some new music coming out from the band. Pete, what's going on in the world of Hard Turf? What's up, Joe? How are you? Doing all right? Uh, what's going on with us? Um, trying to get some shows situated. We got, uh, we're spent last weekend recording four new songs with uh, Stress. Um, doing the drums and the guitars this weekend. Um, you know, we got four songs out so far. We got seven more that are recorded that haven't been released. And uh, we're also going to do a split with a secret band that's going to be pretty fucking sick. Um, I want to wait till things solidify a little bit more, but it's going to be sick. And awesome. uh, people should be hyped about it because it's going to be fucking good. Now, Warren, Warren obviously played in a lot of bands, especially the Boils. Did Warren fly out just for the session? Yeah, Warren flew out. We practiced for two days and then uh, did... <clears throat> pretty much two days in the studio with stress. Um, his drums came out fucking insane. Um, yeah. So he flew out for that and, uh, guys machine. I think the thing older guys like us sometimes don't realize how many of these younger bands that are killing it right now have members all over the damn country. So where the young guys are kind of like, Oh, this is no factor. It, it sometimes it can feel like, how are we going to make this band happen with a guy living across the country? But you guys seem to manage it. Obviously, for those listening, hard turfs from the Philadelphia hardcore, what do you call uh, elite guys, all been going to shows for many fucking years. And we had you guys play the Gorilla Biscuit show. And I really do think that one of the interesting things of this time is that there are newer bands coming from more old school longer in uh longer veteran hardcore guys these days sometimes we got to get these young kids to check them out but i think you guys had a fucking awesome set uh pete who else is in the band uh so we got jay's on uh jay's on vocals he was in right star he's from like the carlisle area yeah um, central pa they had a crazy weird little record store that did shows way back yeah i'm sure he played it a lot um we got Scott. Scott was in Brothers Keeper. Uh, he's on lead guitar. Uh, right, he pretty much wrote the majority of the songs, like music-wise. Um, like I said, he he's from the Erie area. He was in Brothers Keeper. Uh, we got Warren. Uh, Warren was in Halo of Snakes with Josh, who's our bass player. Uh, he also played in the Boils for a while. Uh, he's originally from Philly, but has relocated to another location that's... Uh, you know, he's got to fly in basically. Um, and then we got Josh on base. Josh is from pretty much almost every Philadelphia band you could think of. He's uh, currently the singer of Cross Keys. He was in Halo Snakes. Um, Dude, he's been you know, in bands. He's been in bands since we were kids, man. Josh yeah, Alvarez. Yeah, that guy. I, I think he's got like four or five bands going at any given time. And then me. Uh, I'm the other guitar player with Scott. What I love about uh, you now doing a band is because your professional career, although <laughs> although still kicking ass out there, you're finally in a place in the position in the organization 
where you have this little bit of extra free time and your kids are growing up and the wife is good with it. So you're able to actually play in a band. But I mean, you know, you've been involved in Philadelphia hardcore a long time. Um, always connected with it, even with the job and everything going on. And then obviously for those who do not know, my man Pete is a BJJ United black belt under Jared <laughs> Wiener. So another awesome connection to my friend. But in general, you jumped into doing bands later because of your professional career. And I think that it's it's interesting because you've always wanted to do bands. You can play, but you never had a time to do both, you know, play and actually do a band. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of cool. You know, we're all we're all older. I mean, I'm in my 50s now. Um, and it's kind of cool. You know, my my kids are all grown. My wife's cool with everything. Good thing is <clears throat> my kids are off, you know, kind of doing their own thing, starting their own lives. Um, you know, and I have a professional career that affords me the ability to pretty much buy whatever equipment I want. And that's kind of a blessing and a curse, uh, especially for me, uh, my personality. But um, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, I kind of got all the adult, all the adult shit out of the way. And, you know, it's, I can concentrate a lot of my energy on this and so can the other guys, you know, everybody's got careers and families. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I think about it, you know, back in the day in the eighties, everybody was like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old buying shitty instruments and starting a band a month later. And we're kind of doing it, you know, in the reverse. And, uh, it's kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm definitely grateful I'm able to do it now. Um, you know, my thing all started pretty much during COVID when I was, uh, working from home for a couple months and I bought a guitar off of Pete sick of it all. I was going to hang it on my wall. And then when it came, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to start playing this thing. So kind of cool, but yeah, yeah I, you know, every, everybody's chugging along and it's, it's awesome. It's fun. We get together and the stuff, you know, the stuff we put out um that that's what comes out of us when we get together and write so you know we just go with it and we're having a lot of fun well i and i love that you touched on that because when you're when you're young i know when we were when we were first starting it was hard for any of us to all have gear and then yes. you know now obviously the guys in freight train everybody everybody now there's no question like I'll, you know I'll, they, these guys make enough money you know even you know even in the dude's shadow realm everyone's got the money to you know do this stuff and it comes later in life. But when you're young, especially us, we were out on the road, you know, we were doing shit with busted gear, fucked up vans, no money for t-shirts. And I think that there's a balancing point <laughs> that you see friends, like especially the freight train guys getting back together. Now, you know, they got crazier merch than they ever did from back in the day. You know, I they have all those guys, <laughs> dude, they got the extra time. They put in the extra effort. And that is the beautiful thing for later on in life. And then also what comes with hard turf is you got, again, Josh Alvarez has been in a million fucking bands in Philadelphia. Um, Brothers Keeper, longtime PA hardcore band. This is this is stuff that where you have these people that have just been in bands for so long. Just doing a new band isn't like, well, fuck, what do we do? They're like, no, we, we've been doing this for a long time. We know they already know the ropes, so to speak. And I think that that'll help you guys along the way, Justin, the the verses of oh we've never done this before what are we supposed to do you know yeah I, absolutely <clears throat> um you know and i'm i'm kind of learning from all those guys because i'm 
I'm new to all this. Um, so I just try to follow their lead. And, uh, you know, it, even with like technology, I mean, Scott writes, Scott, Scott's an amazing guitar player and just the, the, the riffs that come out of him are amazing. We call him Scotty Ray Vaughn. Um, and with technology, you know, we, we drop, we're Dropbox and stuff to each other. You know, we demo stuff, you know, on his laptop in his kitchen and, you know, it's just, I mean, everything's so accessible and so easy. And, um, even, even with shows these days, I mean, the, the whole scene, like there's a million shows happening. They're all unbelievable, you know, uh, lineups. There's so many venues having shows, you know, you guys, Ben, um, you know, uh, Bob, like it's, it's just, it's insane. So like, there's so much happening. Uh, there's, there's music being made, you know, by everybody else and by us. Um, you know, we have the, we have the means to, to kind of, you know, get what we need to get done and, you know, get, you know, get shows and write music. And it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me doing this stuff you know at the age that we are now um it's it's just cool no i i was i i was thinking about it when we were doing the the the, the punishment reunion I was like fuck man it's so much easier now but you don't have the same time like you know yeah. when 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 we were younger we would get up in the morning on a sunday and go band practice after band practice we hung out until five or six o'clock at night and the opposite is like you have that short window. Everybody has shit to go home to the window of opportunity to do these things because of responsibilities. It's, it, it's not an obstacle, but it's a different window of working time. And that, and that remains the same for a lot of people working and doing bands in general. But I think the balancing point for you guys is going to be finding the shows that you guys are psyched to be able to play um, reaching a new audience while still be able to balance in the work and the family lives that you guys all have. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, you know, it's just, you know, the other thing too, is it, it's, it's awesome that the, the, the whole scenes is so open, you know, like the, there's so many mixed bills. Um, the, the people seem to be hyped on, you know, like the older, the, the bands that consist of older people, um, you know, the new bands consisting of older people, um, you know, it's just, and it is, it's a, it's a juggling act, you know, when, when, when you're deep into a career and deep into a family, um, you know, even with all the stuff you got going on, you're constantly trying to keep all the balls in the air. And most of your day consists of really logistics and, you know, it's just, it's the same for us. Um, but it's fun, you know, uh, nothing is live or die, you know what I mean? Um, so if we're trying to do something or something, you know, is on the horizon and it ends up falling through, you know, we continue with our lives until, you know, something else comes down the pike and, you know, we continue to write and we, the, you know, the good thing with us is we, we all get together really well. There's no egos. There's nobody arguing back and forth. There, there's no bullshit. It's just like, everybody's easy going. We, you know, we just, we, we make it happen and, uh, it's awesome. I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm blessed to, to even be part of this. And I think the guys would say the same thing. Um, it just works really well. Our personalities work really well together. And, uh, 
you know, we, we love the stuff that we're, that we're making. So. If you had to describe what you were going for when you guys were writing hard turfs music, what were you guys like going for? Would you guys come up with a formula or was it, <clears throat> Hey guys, I got a couple riffs. You know what? Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a formula. Um, I know that when Scott and I get together and we're, you know, we're thinking of uh, riffs and, you know, guitar parts and stuff. Um, we're, we're both fans of like, kind of like stoner rock and doom metal. Um, I, I think, you know, Unbroken's a huge, uh, is, has always been a, a huge influence for me and the kind of downtuned and heavier and kind of slower pace of the stuff that they were writing. Um, and, you know, we don't really go for anything like the stuff that we have that's unreleased um so far there there's a mix of stuff in there you know some of the stuff is a little more it's all down tune it's a it's heavier but it's like kind of more melodic um you know we we played one of the unreleased songs that sound check for the gb show and uh i don't know if this is true but somebody told me that mike judge was bobbing his head in the back of the room um and that song was a little bit more kind of like melodic um you know, so it, it's a mix, but, you know, we just get kind of come up with riffs, you know, like I'll, I'll come up with a couple riffs and go over to Scott's and, and say, look, here's what I came up with. And then he'll take that and, you know, kind of add to it and we'll put it together. And, and this is just what's coming out. I mean, we're not really shooting for any type of style other than we like the down tuned, um, the, the heaviness of, you know, tuning down to, you know, C sharp or drop C um but that's that's pretty much all we're shooting for is just in that tuning and you know we just kind of come up with riffs and we get together and kind of let it turn into whatever it's going to turn into and um and and, you know we kind of like it like that i think a lot of the i think a lot of the like the more traditional stuff that's you know kind of around now but um you know hopefully people are into that it's 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 something a little bit different i think I was going to say, I think a lot of what I got from the band is like the easy thing would be to do would be to do a uh, paint by numbers. Okay, we got to sound exactly like this kind of aesthetic, so to speak. Uh And I like that hard turf kind of blurs the lines hardcore, but there's definitely a stoner um, metal rock influence. And I think that that's also comes with. You know, for Scott, who had been in in the band for a long time, playing, you know, just pure fucking hardcore. Over time, you want to uh, evolve not only your own style, but the stuff that you're listening to will come out in the music that you're playing. You know, so it's cool to see that you guys are able to make it in the hardcore world while adding a little bit of flavors that are a little bit outside of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say make it in the hardcore world, that's completely based on, you know, people being open to, you know, hearing the stuff that we're, that we're putting out. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure that, you know, we talk about it uh, amongst ourselves and, you know, we all think it's, it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, hardcore I think is, is pretty wide open now. And, you know, that, that's, that's a testament to the scene, especially the scene that we have in Philly. 
um, with all you guys and, and the shows that you guys are putting on and just the people involved. I mean, I, I go to shows. Um, I go to quite a bit of shows, you know, for, for being as busy as I am and every, I never get attitude from anybody. Everybody's so cool. Even people like new people that I meet, um, you know, and it's just, it's a good vibe, you know? Um, it, it's just, it's a good vibe. Now, has it been a, it has been a really good time for hardcore in general and definitely a great time for Philadelphia hardcore in a, in a lot of ways. I think that we have had a new wave of young kids and a lot of the people who during that short window of the pandemic kind of missed some shows and see a lot of older faces come back. Like, man, I, I really, you know, I said like when shows get back on, I want to go back out. And for the same reason, now their kids are growing up and it's just fun to see everybody in the same room. The the drama is at the lowest it's ever been in the history of Philadelphia. Hardcore shows are relatively safe. Unless you want to mosh up front, then you got to watch yourself like you've always have been, but yeah. our scene really has developed to be pretty awesome and the amount of great shows that are coming through, I can't think of another time. I mean, I'm sure in every time period of people doing shows like these shows are wild. But I, if I showed you a list of some of the shit that's going to be coming through from the end of September all through the fall, there's going to be some of the busiest times for us. And there's going to be so many fucking awesome shows, which is awesome for bands like Hard, Hard Turf, because we're going to make sure that you guys are a part of some of these. I, I I mean we we all appreciate it, Joe. You know, like, um, I I love you. Like you're my you're my brother. I I will always consider you my brother. And you know we appreciate any opportunity that uh, gets offered to us. Um, you know, and and we'll always say yes. You know, we we just gotta we gotta juggle some balls and you know do some logistics. But um, you know, we we appreciate it all. I mean, dude, honestly, uh. We love, you know, we, when Warren flew in, we practiced for those two days before we went in and, uh, did the drum, did the drum tracks with him. Um, it, it was just awesome. Have like us all being in the same room together and playing, um, you know, that I, I, we, we wouldn't have cared what else happened. You know, we, we wanted to get the drums done and that was the catalyst, to, you know, kind of kicking the weekend off, but you know, it, it was, um, it was soul cleansing for me. Um, and I'm sure for the rest of the guys, just to have the five of us in the room together playing, uh, it was, you know, you, you need that kind of stuff. At least I do. Like now that I'm older, I think, I think when we're older, we appreciate the time that we spend, uh, with, you know, the, the people that we care about and the people that, you know, our friends and our family. And, um, so, you know, it, it was, I mean, we spent six hours, six or seven hours playing together over the weekend, you know, just nonstop playing. And uh, it was awesome. So uh, I definitely appreciate it more now that we're older, um, you know, because that, that weekend is over and you're right back into the grind of, you know, life and family. And um, it, it's just cool, you know, having coming up, coming up in the eighties and the hardcore scene and not, you know, not having responsibility or not having heavy responsibilities like families and careers and stuff like that. And going to every show we could, you know, we could go to and, you know, listening to records all day and all night and skateboarding all day and all night. And, you know, uh, it, there was a, there was a, 
there was an environment to that whole time in our lives. And now that we're older and we have all those other responsibilities, it's like getting the reprieve from our, our, uh, I'll call it our serious lives, um, you know, families and work and career and stuff like that. Uh, it's a reprieve for us to go to a show and, you know, watch freight train play for the first time in over 20 years. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, even just showing up early and seeing like all the opening bands and just it's it, it's a reprieve from you know the the heaviness of your the rest of your day and the rest of your life um and it's just you know it it's amazing to be able to do this stuff you know this late in our lives so i'm just grateful i mean i i i wouldn't want to be any other place you know no i i would say that that's the thing that people may miss out on. I hear a lot of younger kids like, dude, I don't, you know, like, I don't know how long I want to do this. There's other shit I want to do in my life. And it's like, Hey, you can, you can go out there and have a full ass life, you know, have a career, have a family. But I know that people who have careers and fam- family, those bits of time that they put back towards hardcore, the older they get, sometimes it, it's some of the most relieving fun shit. Cause it brings you back to when you were younger. Hard turf to me is, a bunch of guys who finally have the time to do a band that they really always wanted to do. Things are getting easier. So you guys can get the cool gear. And when you have the free time, you make it happen. I'm glad that you just come out the shows when you just have the free time. It was awesome to see you hanging out with Jake from pain clinic, seeing two BJJ black belts hanging out. <laughs> are you, I love, uh, I love those guys too. Jake. Are you, boy. are you going to the Mike short? This is hardcore open mat next friday i am see if you guys have any beef with pete you go out to mike shorts gym out here in west philly shorties bjj and you can fucking handle it with pete it's probably not going to work out for you but uh he'll be there nobody should have any beef with me i'm i'm uh <laughs> i try to be the nicest person i can be and i'm too old to have beef with people when do we get when do we get josh on the mats uh, Josh actually, Josh was training for a little bit. Um, he came, he popped in with his brother Pucho for a little bit at the old school. Well, the school's still there, but, um, you know, uh, someone else is running the school now. Um, he was on the mask for a little bit. I kept trying to get him back. Um, but you know, life happens and, uh, I know it, that it, <laughs> it's yeah. been a struggle for me, you know, just getting there with, again, with, with life, uh, happening. Um, you know, that's another thing. There's a lot of parallels between jujitsu and the hardcore scene. Um, you know, it's, it's that whole brotherhood, you know, like if you see somebody with a hardcore band shirt and you never met them before and you're out in the wild, as soon as you see that person, it's like, there, there's a, there's a, there's a brotherhood there, like an instant brotherhood. It's like, Oh, you're in the hardcore. Yeah. So am I. And it's the same thing with jujitsu. You know, you meet people that you never, never met before. And just because they're into jujitsu or into hardcore music or whatever, you instantly have a bond, Um, you know, whether that develops into something that's dependent on the two people, but there's an immediate, there's a, there's an unspoken bond there, you know, initially, Um, you know, and then you might end up talking to the person and realize they're an asshole and you don't talk to them anymore, but um, there's, there's an instant bond there. And yeah. um, if you ever slapped hands and bumped and then went at it, you're going to have at least a little bit of respect for the character. Oh yeah. The person. 
Um, I love the one day when you're at, when you're done with your career, have an entire conversation with you about all the chaos of your life. But um, um, I I'm could ha- write a, I, I could write a book. Honestly, I you I will forget. be writing a book. We'll be helping you write a book. I forget most of it. Um, no, it's usually it's stuff that I want to forget. Um, but you know, it's I had I had a I had a blessed life, and you know I'm I'm thankful for hardcore. I know the rest of the guys are as well. Um, you know, it's it kept me out of a lot of it kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, it was it was in I think all of our lives, hopefully uh, at the right time. Um, you know, for me, it, it, it definitely kept me from, it kept my life from going sideways at the time that, you know, that, the age frame that, you know, people's lives tend to start going sideways, you know, and, um, you know, I just, I, I, I'm blessed to be part of it. I know the guys are as well. And, um, you know, we just, we, we want to keep this band going and, you know, keep our, keep our little family together and, keep pumping out music and, you know, doing cool projects and doing cool shows. And, you know, no, we got, a, we got a lot of, he- we got a lot ahead of us. There's definitely going to be some more hard turf shows. Um, thank you for stopping in. Thank you for checking in and uh, shout out the social media is a hard turf for people who don't know. Uh, it's hard.turf.pa on Instagram. And that's the only social media uh, that the band has. So much easier than 78 pages. I love it. Yeah. And the other good part is we all pop in, like we take turns kind of popping in and posting stuff. Um, So it's not, you know, the burden's not on any one person. Everybody kind of jumps on at their own time and puts stuff up there. So it's good. And uh, yeah, dude, I, I appreciate everything. We, we all appreciate, you know, everything you do for us, everything you do for the hardcore scene. Like I said, I, I love you. You're my brother. And, you know, I just, I'm always there for you if, uh, for anything. And you know that. So Pete, I love I you. I, I have the, I, I have the exact same, I have the exact same feeling. Um, I don't think I'm going to make it to the open mat and, uh, but you'll be, hopefully we'll run into each other at, uh, up at United Jarts soon enough and, um, get ready for an awesome weekend at this hardcore. Look forward to hanging and thank you for checking in Pete. Oh, can I say one more thing? We're going to say whatever you want. With- we're going to be selling the, uh, the new, uh, hard turf shirts, the blue short sleeve and the red long sleeve on, um, Oh God, what's that Friday, uh, at underground arts. Is that fr- That's on the fourth. Yeah. That fr- yeah. Yeah. Same day freight trains playing. We're going to be there, uh, selling shirts in the back. So please Fuck yeah. by come by, hang out with hard turf. It's going to be an awesome fucking weekend and watch yourself when you get around Pete, he may look a little old, but he'll fuck you up. Yo, if I get beat up on that open mat, I'm gonna come talk to you about it. Oh, uh, dude, if you you gotta let me know. I it, Friday Friday's not a, like a crazy day, but it's the it's the day where we're putting all the first pieces together. So it's a little bit more physically running around and moving materials and getting everything from the house and everything else to the venues. So it's it would be impossible for me to get to the open mat, but I uh, we will be posting. I gotta get my mic and see if he made a cool flyer for the open mat. And then, um, yeah, dude, I can't wait to be hanging next weekend with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, Joe. Thank you. Nah, thank you. All right, brother. Like I said in the interview with Pete, it is hard to be an older cat and try to get a new band started. You know, but this is a lot of guys 
from the area. I mean, Josh Alvarez really has been in a bunch of bands. He actually had me was I was on his podcast with Liam years ago, and uh, Warham Shredder, awesome drummer from the Boils. I guess he moved out west. Scott from Brothers Keeper, cool lineup. For those of you guys who checked out Hard Turf, if not, you can check them out. Instagram slash hard dot turf pa or I think it's hard. We'll have a link in the podcast notes, which is at tihcpodcast.com. Check out Hard Turf. They'll be playing a lot more this fall. And I I really don't like spending the extra time that I don't have right now. But I can't wait to put this video up of me, Clemo, and BG and the interview you're about to hear. Because it's fucking hilarious, and the video will just add to the comedy. Hopefully after the fest, I'm going to drop back and drop some of these video episodes that we've done. But if I had to say one thing about the content coming forward, is that this is the stuff that makes hardcore what it is, and always has been. Younger guys in these bands, traveling around, meeting friends, through playing shows and end up being better friends. That's how the split comes out. This is how relationships are formed. And this is the basis of hardcore in its raw essence form, hilarious, fun, not giving a fuck. And I really, really enjoyed talking to both of these at the same time. And I think this is a fun one. If you don't laugh along with this, I don't know what to tell you. So here we go. My brother BG and that fucking Clemo. Let's go. What are you drinking? Today is going to be a wild one, folks. Uh, we have celebrating an amazing split recording out on Never Ran, Never Will Records. We have a split podcast. So please welcome to the show my brother from Boston, Risk BG, and my little brother, fresh into the union, Pennsylvania's dirtiest motherfucker, Dustin Clemo. <laughs> He's the he's the pink head of Philly <laughs> hardcore. Perfect example. <laughs> this is bullshit. Listen, this is this, you're an apprentice. You get picked on, even on the podcast. You get picked on. <laughs> yeah, never asked. Um. So start starting this off. I I I vaguely remember hitting up uh, goofy ass Ben Stuckey because you guys were doing a run together, and whether it was like by accident, you guys ended up playing some shows. And I was like, yo, you guys should do a split together because you guys had been playing some shows uh, up and down the East Coast kind of randomly. And I think the trajectory for Risk and Fool's Game has been pretty on par. You guys both have awesome fucking bands that hold it down seriously for your area. And in that regard, for people who don't understand what I'm saying, like, if there's a dope show that comes to Boston, there's a good chance Risk is going to be a part of it because they're the, they're the band that sets it the fuck off. Fool's Game, same deal. Whether sure. it's a little bit outside of Philly or directly in Philadelphia, early on, Fool's Game is the is the fucking uh to go back to that nineties weird rave song. They're the fire starters. They get the party started, you know? So <laughs> it, it's it's cool that synergistically, Back. by the way, that both of you guys had started these bands, started playing out that you guys linked up. So I'll let the two of you uh talk about the bromance and how that was uh created. Beers and hardcore. Beers and hardcore. I think we walked into the ball. We played Baltimore together, and I walked in, and BG's like, 
yo, dude, you want a beer? And that was Was it. this it was long hair, BG? Or was this? That's pretty fun. Yeah, this, was, this was when risk was oh, good yeah. and I had my long hair. Um, so it was an Autobot and it was like a weird matinee show on the ground. And Risk and Fools game were like friendly on the internet. And I think this is the first show we played. And, and uh, as soon as we all linked up and Risk and Fools game is hanging out, we, we, we were, I think me and Ben were talking about the idea of possibly doing a split down the line. And then five seconds later, you texted him that idea. And uh, we just we just took it from there, you know. Plemo is where you jump in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking. I remember shooting the shit about it. And then Stucky told me, he's like, yeah, just so we could do a split. I was like, me and BG just talked about it. And everybody was down. And we originally wanted to do it what like last year but between like both of us playing shows all the time because i think both bands had these songs done like and recorded in like february yeah i think i wrote the lyrics to both the wrist songs on the way to recording them and i think we recorded them a week before we went to europe so yeah like beginning of january ish i think you're right clem yeah so we've been waiting a minute to put See, this I'm, out, gonna say, I'm excited. I'm going I'm gonna very, do the, very the old guy thing. The problem with you kids is that you guys get excited for a new song and you put it out when people are still trying to figure out the first things. So I think that this release now, because you established and you guys are out there kicking ass. Now obviously BG's been to Europe, which I can't wait. I got I, I have a couple questions regarding that, BG. But it, it really does oh, come down to having a little bit of time between releases. Let's the kids who don't know who you are, figure you guys the fuck out, learn the material. And now that you guys are both about to play, this is hardcore in a couple weeks, you're going to be dropping this shit. And this shit is going to be fresh because it's either a band never records enough shit on time and they miss this window or they release so much shit that it overpowers the kids. And then some dope shit gets lost because it's release as a release. So I think, the balance and the time being put into it, it's it's gonna you're gonna see a um a positive yield result from this. Yeah, I I, uh, I do agree. I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I know me and BG are both in like the same like ADHD thing where we're texting each other like, "Yo, we got to get this out right now or next month," <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. it just kept getting pushed back. And like now that it is coming out right before the hardcore, I know we're, we both talked about it. and We're happy. But I remember yeah. talking six months ago, being like, "Dude, how do we make this?" It's happen hard, the, especially with the on the, sense, <laughs> yeah. the sense of this, the vinyl stuff. It's a hard thing. There's a lot of things that make releases hard, but I really do think the timing's right. Now, BG, when you went to Europe, how many times did English-speaking people have no idea what the fuck you had to say? Dude, I would be on stage, and yeah. I, I talk fast naturally. It's just the way it is, and I'd be on stage. And like, all right, so the second show Risk played on Europe was this thing called Scumbash Fest. And it was like a European Sky Warp Tour. And there was maybe 900 people watching us. We played at noon. It fucking sucked. And in between one of the songs, I went, everybody give it up for fucking Death Before Dishonor. Nobody clapped. Some lady looked at me and said, please do not swear. And like the thickest like <laughs> Dutch, German or whatever the fuck accent. Um, nobody knew what I was saying the entire time. I think they struggled more with what I was trying to say than what I, when, than me trying to figure out what we, they were we saying. We went on tour with Knuckle Dust and Wima, the tall guitar player, has the thickest accent. And he would try to tell the crowd who are obviously barely English speaking. It's not their first language anyway. 
and he would be on the side of the stage going, oh, yeah. well, I want, I want to go this side, what here we got here. And we would be like, no one knows what this guy, why is this guy the one? And he's, he's like a six foot five Jay-Z looking fucking English dude with the thickest Cockney accent. Oh, right, yeah. boy, oh, yeah. Just like watching the crowd go, what the fuck? So I imagine you had those moments. Dude. Dude, there was there was one show we played that place, yeah, Castle Pia or something in Berlin. Classic venue, yeah. Classic the show venue, was dope, man. but dude, awesome venue, awesome area too. Um, but like when I when I play or or do frontman shit or whatever in between songs, I kind of just pace back and forth and talk. Um, and one German guy yelled, "We do not understand you because we cannot." see your mouth and we, or we you're talking to us from the side of your neck and we can't see your mouth you're just because i was like German walking back and forth and talking <laughs> and i look i i look i looked at the guy and i looked at uh my guitarist jim and i was like do i like do i fight this dude like what, what, what am i supposed to do is this guy talking shit to me or is like i don't know what to do your, your voice is great on recording but live it is shit dude, you should take singing lessons dude German, okay. <laughs> i tell you like I really did. You have long hair. You have dude, long first, hair, like the first girl. First time we went out there, the guy's like, uh, "You are not the the singer for Shattered Realm," and I'm like, "Well, I am now." The other guy was fatter. Yes, yes, he was. Unfortunately, yes, he was. What the fuck? You <laughs> breaking my fucking balls? You want me to go fucking? There, it's like, it's like, it's like. The, it's like their brain stopped developing at like 15 or something and they no, don't get sarcastic. Cool They're just honest and direct, which American culture is soft. No one is allowed to be told what has to happen. Yeah. So like, so I was sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we go to eat and I sit down in a, one of these. Um, I could have, it had to be like a Burger King or a McDonald's. And next thing you know, someone tapped my leg. It wasn't one of the dudes in the band. They're like, what's up? And they were like, slide in. Like, they have a communal idea. Like, they don't have to be your friend to share a table at a McDonald's with you. And the dude, but dude started with leg tap. Like, hey, yeah. move over. So I turn around, what the fuck? And I, and then the band's laughing at me going, because <laughs> I'm eating with a group of dudes. I'm like, how did I get in this gang? Like, how did I get put down in this fucking gang? Dude, yeah. Yeah. What but overall, <laughs> did you feel any difference between playing in front of a new American audience or a new European audience? Um, it was worlds apart. Um, the big difference for us being over there is we were over there with two older bands with DVD and Slapshot. So a lot of those shows were all the crowds, guys who just get off work, who just want to stand there and drink beer until they see Slapshot. It wasn't like, you know, when you tour the States and you, you go to a city where you don't know anyone, but you end up becoming friends with everyone. Um, no one really cared until like after we played or whatever. We didn't really get a super good reaction. It was fun as fuck, and I would do it again tonight. But show-wise, uh, we got smoked in Europe. Smoked. And I think it was just because if, we if we did something with, like, Last Wishes or The Chisel or, like, another younger band, I think it'd be different. But I think it was just because of an older, it was yeah, Europe, an older crowd. Europe has a lot of respect for the band. So it's a thing that you got a really solid leg up to be able to go there with DBD and Slapshot. Because now your name is it. Now your name's in the yeah. system. Like, okay, we had. The, I know this wrist. This guy talks from the side of his neck. You know, like, yeah. and that's. And then, like, the <laughs> next time you guys will be out, people from them shows will come again. And I mean that. That slap shot's been dude, coming. Slap shot's been going. And don't get me wrong, dude. Nineties. And I, I so, 
You know, yeah. I mean, it's got to be just cool as fuck to be part of a Boston hardcore legacy tour that gets to go to Europe. Dude, it was, it, it really was cool. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like it was the most fun I ever had. And going out with those guys, it's got, you, you know, Brian, dude, and I'm sure, you know, Errol too, like going to Errol's bar and hanging out, like going and do whatever the fuck with all my friends and with all these guys who've been there before and know everyone and know what's going on. It was, it was like a dream come true. That's dude. fucking awesome, man. And, and as a longtime East coaster, it, it, I think I, I would hope that you feel a, a, a little sense of like not duty, but a, a deeper respect for hardcore for allowing a working class kid like you to be able to travel and see a bigger part of the world. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. It's so crazy. So crazy. Um, you, I'm not going to beat a dead horse and repeat everything what you just said. But yeah, the opportunity to go over there just based off being in a hardcore band and, and hardcore. I don't think I would have gone over there ever in my life if I wasn't into hardcore. You know what I mean? It's really what it boils well, down to. Obviously, uh, Fool's Game took a different approach. Fool's Game has decided to play every part of the Midwest one weekend at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a slow race. You would, uh, there's a guy who worked for us years ago uh, at the Quinn, at Quinn Construction, and he was working hard, and sometimes said, it's not a race. It's a pace. You're going at your own pace, cuz. Don't worry about it. But seriously, Fool's Game, man, you've been grinding in these small little minivans, these weekend runs. I made fun of you. I made fun of you before for having Big Jake in the car or in the in the vehicle during our uh, van check-in. But, I mean, it's a different grind, and I think that the thing that people from hardcore don't see in either Risk or Fool's Game is that – a lot of the bands that are picking up speed in hardcore for the most part, with the exception of mind force, who are just killers. A lot of these people are able to just drop everything and just do a 30 day tour with like fucking no notice. And East coast hardcore bands have always built themselves up by getting up, going to work, coming home, grinding it out, playing a show, coming home, you know, having to get up and go to work the next day and then making the weekends where it happens. I mean, dude, that's how Death Before Dishonor got grinding. I mean, Dysphoria, yep. there's so many bands from the East that Wisdom and Chains are a great example. They all worked construction jobs and Friday, they would get in that van and they would just travel and do the thing. So you guys are carrying on a legacy here of just being a part of the working class Monday to Friday, but then being out on the road the rest of the weekend. Well, dude, you got to get it where you can, man. You know what I mean? Like you just said, not everyone can drop and do like a 20-day thing. Like anytime Risk does anything, like we did that 10-day run with Fool's Game, Strangle You, and D-Block, Risk was all scabbed. There's been plenty of weekends where it's just me and the drummer and I just have like random kids from Massachusetts fill in just for the sake of fucking getting on the road and playing shows and hanging out with my friends. That's Half of Fool's Game plays in Risk, basically, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. I feel like a lot of people don't eat, it doesn't even cross their mind. Like, Oh, well, these dudes are working real jobs and working Monday to Friday, and they just played the show, and then they're going to get up for work at 6 a.m. And Like, I've met people recently, and uh, they found out, like, that I was, like, driving down from Wilkesboro all the time to go to Philly shows and, like, working, and they're like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I just wouldn't be involved in hardcore, and I was like, you know, I'll just kind of go to the show, like, how much you actually care about it, you know, because, I mean, I, I'm sure you've done it a million times, Joe, and BG, I know you have, because we bitched about it together. It's like you play a show, it's awesome, you handle your friends, you go out to eat. By the time you're done eating, it's almost 12 o'clock, and then you wake it up for work. And, you know, you're pissed off, you're miserable, but you still go through the day, and then you do it all again, and, you know, the next yeah. week. 
Yeah. What I, else are you going to be doing? I was pouring a little slab on a high rise on a Thursday. I went home with enough time to have my bag packed, my school bag. I drove to New Jersey with Tony. We got on a plane to England. We were there Friday. We flew in Sunday night at 11, and I was back on that high rise by Monday morning. But I, Dude. but I, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I get it. Someone I get says, it. "Hey, do you want?" It was Martin. It was yeah. Martin, uh, the girl from the UK, and my friend yeah. Mog, and they were like, "Hey, we're yeah. doing a fest. Does Shadow Run want to do it?" And we were like, "We don't even have a way to get a whole band out there right now." And they're like, "Nah." The, and now they're now they're in the band Morning, but the kids from Morning, uh, Morning basically learned all the songs, and me and Tony O went out there and played a show, did the thing, and you do these things because. Who are you when someone gives you an opportunity to go? Ah, then it's going to be hard. It's like, dude, you can. I, I said to Tony, I'll sleep on the plane. You know, like I, I, I yep. You know, yep. I'll get it where get it where I can. Are, are fleeting, and you got to you got to respect the people when they have the. I think when the bands have faith from the promoters of hey, come out and do this. Unless you really can't do something, you're really you're really only in, um, hindering yourself. And also, dude, if someone's asking you to fly somewhere cool. You got to make it work. And I think it's cool that you're scabbing it out. It's not like you are being the guy who's like, I'll do this without anybody. But then the band understands you want to see the band grow. Opportunities come. You guys are flexible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, like uh, everyone in risk, like we're all over, over a close to 30. So like everybody's kind of at that age where everyone's starting to settle down and slow down. Um, and all respect to those guys and all respect to, to my brothers in risk, but yeah. I no never want to slow down. I'm going I'm to run this. I'm gonna... No, there <laughs> isn't. dude. I, I run this train at 110 miles per hour and um, I will do everything I can as much as I can to keep doing the things I want to do, which is fucking get out of work on Thursday, pack my bags in 20 minutes, jump in a fucking shitty Honda Corolla and then drive to fucking Jersey to play a show or wake up at 530 and drive all the way up the East Coast to take 18 hours to get out of a van and play a show immediately in Atlantic City. What's crazy about the you know what I mean? hour drive is 15 of it is sitting in Connecticut. It was actually all <laughs> DC and Virginia. Bad Connecticut traffic joke. <laughs> no, yeah, Connecticut traffic is the worst. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Um, what did you guys? What are? What is the pedigree and the lineage of the different bands that Risk played in before you guys formed Risk? So, all right, I'm going to dive into a little bit of lore. Risk started, Risk is me and a, me and this dude, Reese, he's the guy with the orange hair. We started Risk when we were in high school and we were a band from 2010 to like 2014. And it's like a totally different band. It's like more of a shipwreck style band. Broke up, whatever, a year before COVID. We started being a band again and now it's more like that power trip, like thrash, hardcore type of shit. Um, Reese's, me and Reese's have only ever been in Risk. Um, Jimmy, the guitarist, and Crisco, the drummer, also played in this Celtic punk band That's called Mickey cool Rickshaw uh, from up here. Dude, if you like Dropkick Murphys, this band is better than Which Dropkick era? Murphys. Modern, uh, the modern bassist Dropkick. London played. No, not okay. modern. Not now modern. Like now do or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with bagpipes oh. and like other cool like yeah, flutes in. and kazoos and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I'll I'll send you a track. I'll text you a track. Uh, the bassist London, he he just played in like local punk bands. He plays in this band Triggered. He plays in this band uh, First Pick. Um, he was just like a local, just like a local punk bassist. You know what I mean? I like that the 
the punk influence is in risk because that's a very Boston thing. Uh, unfortunately, Philadelphia, yeah. we just got either you're in a goon band or you're in some former fast straight edge band, and now you're trying to do your you're trying to live out your goon era. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody goes through that goon era, though. No matter where who you end up in in hardcore, everyone goes through that. Uh, everyone goes through that. Clemo, you were in ripped away, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. I sang for that for I think we were band for four or five years, and that was my. I got first a ripped band. away shirt. It comes on. It went if if I if I got to do something around the house, there's a good chance that ripped away shirts on. I got great. I got great. <laughs> nice. Anything great, nice. I'll wear, and it's got green logo. And then one time I had it out there, like, damn, you're rocking the old Clemo shit. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm rocking the old Clemo. I guess I'm rocking the old Clemo shit. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I gave you that. At, uh, we played with Wisdom and Death Threat, I yeah. think, at Reverb. That's awesome. That was, that was, that was cool. That was so, a really cool yeah. show. Thinking about the split and thinking about the positions that you guys are in within the bands, do you see what your bands are doing? Are you feeling like there's been a return on the investment of your time? Do you feel like the time that you're putting into these bands, are you getting what you want out of them? Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, you go, Clem. You go. You go first. For, it's like, so especially comparing to the, the Baltimore show that we played together for the first time and having like a couple dozen kids come out and like, maybe one or two knowing the words to every show that we've played since then in the last year, up until when we played Boston risk played two songs and everybody in the room's moshing. Everybody knew the words we played. All the kids knew the words are moshing and it's cool to see that in only a year. So many kids give a shit to not only go off for our bands, but also learn the words. Cause like to me, it's like anybody can mosh. If a part's cool, part's cool. They're going to do it anyway. But it's like, if you know the words to a song, you actually fucking, you dig the shit and you listen to it. So to me, that's the fucking coolest thing that, that can happen. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Everything Clemo said, I agree with, obviously you slowly see your band get built up over time. Um, I have like a very, very big personal investment with risk and, I don't want to do anything unless it's the way it works out in my head and it means what I want it to mean a hundred percent. If that makes sense, I'm sure you both, you guys understand that being front men and writing your own shit. Um, and I'm at a point now with risk where I've done everything I've wanted to do with the band. I was able to tour. I played this is hardcore last year, put out the 12 inch record that I've, that I've wanted to put out since I got into hardcore. So now everything else I'm doing in that is extra. And like, like, it's like, it's like a extra yeah. quest or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and and being able to still have all these cool things that are happening, putting out this fucking split, uh, doing doing shows with like Judge in the fall and H two O in the fall, like doing all this cool shit, is just like it's 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 a massive return on my investment. You know what I mean? Because it's I'm doing what I want to do and what I set out to do with this band. Even though I already did my main goals with this band, I still get to do all this dope and badass shit and at least leave something. I'm not saying I'm fucking dropping out of hardcore, but. One day, eventually, I'm going to not be around anymore, and now I'm going to have something to give to the fucking younger kids. You know what I mean? No, I think it's also it's important when you have a band, and I think Fool's Game actually plays heavily into this sort of role where I've told multiple agents, hey, can we get Fool's Game on the bill? I'm like, dude, they've just played here like four times. So when you guys are collectively being the band that when bands are coming through tour, you're getting asked for, 
it, it, it shows your value in the area and it shows that people know to you yeah. know, we really need these guys to pull in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh just like being able to do hardcore the way hardcore is in my head and be able to have people sing along to it and relate to it and like it enough to want to punch your friend in the face to it more than enough to me. You know what I mean? Flamo? Yeah, I mean, that that's my thing too. It's like, you know, all the shows that we've done with Risk, all the stuff that we've done like together, it's cool to have another band, which is like why I was so down for the split where you could tell everybody in Risk equally cares about hardcore the way we do. They're, everybody's a real-ass motherfucker. The vibes are on every time we see each other. Whenever they're down here, we give them a place to stay. Whenever we're up in Boston, they give us a place to stay. And it's just like, that's what hardcore is. You know, you take care of each other, especially when you're in each other's cities. It's like, you know, every tour I've done, you know, I've always, you know, been a little broke fuck. But like, you know, nobody let me go hungry. You know, you take care of each other. And it's cool to have that, especially like building that connection over the last year. And now to have a split together, to be playing this hardcore together. And both bands equally coming up at the same time. And in my opinion, at the same speed, like, I, I feel like both bands are just as big and it's cool to see that. Cause I know a lot of times, like I feel like bands kind of put out splits or like maybe come up together, but it doesn't really go at the same speed. But I think when the split comes out, it's really going to hit on both sides. I, th- I think for me, the thing that makes hardcore cool, imagine if you're a kid and I, I imagine you guys both had to feel this where, the epiphany that there's two bands on a record fucked me up. Like the first time I heard split, I'm like, what? You know, like I had to like think about it for a second. Like, wait, what is, cause I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize flipping them back and forth at first. I'm going, what the fuck is going on here? And then they're like, yeah, one band's on one side and one band's on the other side. And at the time, you know, you got X amount of money to spend on a record. I mean, I wasn't even a uh, working age yet. So like, Every every purchase of a record is like this is what you can spend your money on until you get more money, and so a split release is so fucking cool for a young kid because for the for the value they're getting two separate bands, two separate looks, and I I, I got to tell you some of the coolest records in my collection to this day, not that I have a huge collection, but the things that really matter are these split seven inches from these bands as they're starting to really come up. And I and I and I really think that yeah. iconically, this is going to be that record for a lot of the kids on the East Coast and help and hopefully elsewhere too. I think the the way that you guys sound, each band's play off well on each other, and I and I really do. I have the highest hopes for both of your bands, but also I think this release <laughs> is really fucking solid. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great idea and to piggyback on what Clemo said, like. Like, we both, like, hang out with Fool's Game. It was, like, I was, me and Reese's, we've been going to hardcore shows since we were, like, 13, 12. And, and, and it was, like, we're looking in the mirror, and we're not that much older than these guys. Like, Clemo, you're, what, fucking, like, 26, 24 or something, right? Yeah, 46. Fucking, yeah, dude. So, it's, like, looking in the mirror and seeing kids who, albeit, it's awesome that both Risk and Fool's Game are different styles of hardcore, but we're looking in the mirror and seeing these kids who are a little bit younger than us but still just as stoked about hardcore. And they, we're, we're seeing ourselves when we were 26. We just, they just want to go to shows and be everywhere all the time with their friends and just do whatever the fuck they want to do, which is what we do with Risk. So it just, it fucking makes sense. Um, you didn't say I don't know if I could swear, my bad. 
I mean, I mean, you say something crazy, right, okay, someone sorry. punch you in the fucking eye. I mean, if they punch you, I'll punch them. But I mean, they can so, try that. That that aside, <laughs> level, you do have to watch your mouth, though. You're young. <laughs> you don't. You don't have the same watch. Yeah, you don't have the same. Don't swear. BJ, BJ does. But nah, we've had some. We've had some wild shit on the show. I uh, I think that the hardest thing for a band like both of yours, and I and I do feel that you guys are on equal footing in that you guys retain control of where you're playing, who you're playing with. You have a big ownership of what the band's direction is. And maybe, I don't know if you guys directly, I would hope not for fool's game sake, but I, I, I'm a little bit more confident in BG's sake <laughs> that BG can steer the ship uh, down at the risk, risk incorporated here. But I, but I think yeah. not being a party to call in someone like me on the phone, like, Hey Joe, what do we do next? And then me saying, well, let's talk to your agent and you know, I'll see what I can square away. Like you guys are completely uh, doing everything out of your own want with your own will. You don't have the idea in your head. Like, well, once we get this manager and booking agent, you know, we're going to like, I really like that you guys have been winning just completely unfettered without the, the modern industry shit happening. And that gives you a lot more control. And also it, it teaches you guys like this may miss This may, I mean, Clemo, you know, if you, if you live past 26, you know, like you may start another band, you know, <laughs> but like <laughs> what it really comes down to it is this is a good learning lesson on the, what works and what doesn't. I like that you guys haven't rushed to, to look for third party help. Yeah. And it's uh, it's one of those things too. I, to go back to what I said earlier, it's it's my way. My way or the highway sounds bad because obviously everyone in my band has equal say with everything, right? But it's my way or the highway. I don't want to give anyone control. I want to play with the bands I want to play with. If I'm booking a little weekend tour for Risk, I want to play with the bands I think are cool. I don't want to pay someone fucking thirty dollars to fucking book a show for us when all you have to do is just send an Instagram DM and then you make friends with that person. You have a friend forever in fucking Louisville, Kentucky, or wherever the fuck. You know, and the Clemo, Clemo and the Boys and Fools game are the same exact way where it's like, no diss like guys who have, who are in bands and have managers, if that works, that works. But to me, in my mind, hardcore is a DIY thing. You, you fucking do it yourself. And we live in a day and age where doing yourself is, hey, can you book my band on a show? Send DM. So crazy. Simple as that. So crazy. Easiest thing in the world. The, that's that's the thing I really don't understand about people like especially like new bands that I see coming up and it's usually like younger kids but they're like we need somebody to help us out like we need somebody to book our tours or get us on a show and it's like 90% of the time if you show face on your Ooh. local scene you're gonna get put on a fucking show whether your band sucks or not yeah uh, and, that's, and when yep. it comes to touring it's like if your band's ready to tour you'll start meeting the right people or people will reach out to you it's like you know like you don't like everything that we've done with risk me and bg are just texting each other while we're at work like hey you want to play here all right cool i know a guy here and if i don't know a guy there yeah, yeah. like and yeah. that's it like there's no it's just friends helping our friends there's no fucking you know suits involved there's no fucking money involved it's just yo we're gonna go to the show hopefully we get paid and if we don't whatever we're just gonna get a case of beer and fucking go to the next gig like that's it like then we just want to fucking exactly dude exactly uh, well good thing you actually touched on specifically up oh, there he is uh 
Uh, it's, uh, we have a note on our door that says throw a package over over the fence so people don't steal shit. So that was my Amazon DMing me because yeah. we're waiting on the ink to print the laminates for this is hardcore. It's like the biggest deal. Like when is the when is the ink coming? I don't know. It's gonna come. <laughs> when, where's where's, this, where's, the where's this fucking ink? Um, and then Barry, she doesn't want anyone near the house, so she's gonna bark. It's kind of funny, but what I'm saying is, is I think that Clemley touched on something that's important: is the strength of a band in their home area will absolutely carry weight. And it sounds silly at first, but you got to remember: is you know, yeah, Philadelphia and Boston are 310 miles away, but. You know, the power of risk in Boston leads them to be able to play all the way down through Connecticut, Long Island, now to New Jersey, now to PA, all the way up to Mass, all the way up through to New Hampshire, Maine. You know, if you're a strong band in your local regional area, you're going to carry weight elsewhere. And I think that the problem with the younger bands is they want to boom. And there's bands that get started and the first thing to do is not play at home. And then people I've had people years ago and it's still to this day. Oh, what's up with that band? I don't, you know, they just do tours. They don't really play at home as much. And you're like, how do you have a band without a, a home yeah. home base? But you guys are obviously the opposite where you guys are really supported by your scene. You guys support your own scene. I know as much as both of you guys can get cross-eyed fucking drunk, you guys are in the pit for a ton of fucking bands and you're supporting everybody. And I think that really is another check on the box of shit you should be doing if you want to see your band go further is be that guy in that band. Who's not afraid to go off and support the other bands coming through the town. Yo, it's all, it's all about like, like, uh, like setting an example, dude. You know what I mean? Like you don't want, you don't want people to think that you, I, I'm not a cool guy. I'm just a regular guy. I'm a hardcore kid. So if I go to a hardcore show, I'm not going to fucking, in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking post up on stage and just sit on stage cross-armed with watching the, every single band. Um, if my friend's band's playing, I'm going to, like, maybe mosh a little bit, you know what I mean? Try and sing, like, do something other than, like, something for yourself. You know what I mean? If you don't watch your friend's bands, then fuck you. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. And it's, like, like in, I remember when we just played Boston, I look out, as soon as the intro starts, BG's first one, two-stepping in the front. And I remember being, like, a kid when I first started going to shows, and seeing, uh, like the singers of other bands moshing for bands and being like, "Whoa, that's cool! That's cool! Crazy! It's cool!" Because then people would be like, "Oh, that guy's friends with that guy. Um, what other bands is that guy like?" And you, like, as a hardcore kid, you see shit like that. It's like it's like exactly like having a split. Like, oh, these someone's gonna pick up the split in ten years and go, "Wow, these bands don't sound anything alike," but they were friends. And look at who they thanked. Oh, we should check out these bands. You know what I mean? Or yeah, like I MySpace think- top eight. I feel like it breaks up the like, I don't want to say cool guys, but like the nervousness of maybe some newer kids who are like, oh, I don't want a monster, I don't know how, and then they see like all the bands they like doing it, and they're like, oh, well, fuck it, I'll just do it too. Nobody's too cool, like, yeah, no, straight up, like, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, some people just take everything a little too serious, and like, you gotta remember, it's hardcore. Like at the end of the day, like we're all here because we love it. It's like if you give a shit about it, you're gonna be here for a long time, and if you don't, then you know you're gonna see yourself out. DJ, shout out, yeah, three. Bands that we don't know right now from Boston, besides that awesome Irish punk band that Risk is also in. And tell me, and tell us okay. why. Three and bands me, you guys tell, don't tell know. Tell us a little bit about them, since we're talking about okay. local team and local support. Okay, the first band is, I mean, people might have heard of them, but they were the first band that popped in my head, so I'm just going to go with that. Uh, the first band is Adrian. 
All those guys are at every show all the time. Alfredo Mosh is so hard up front to every single band. His Mosh, Alfredo's his a Mosh, singer. His Mosh needs uh, Alfredo some, sings in the some band. tweaking, but he's definitely up front. <laughs> Dude, he moshes so hard, sings along to every band. Guy's the man. Awesome guy. Everyone in that band is awesome. Band two, I'm going to hit you one with one way out of left field. Newer band, this band, Jackal. Um, some, of these, some of these kids playing Buried Dreams. They're a bunch of young kids. Same kind of story. They book shows. They're at every shows. They do hardcore their way. Um, band three is opposition. Same thing. Ton of younger kids. Half of them playing Risk. Um, <laughs> and they're just like a dope beatdown band that just does shit their way. And they're at every single show. They book their own shows. They're fucking. They're awesome. I'll throw another one out there. This one's from Maine. This band Gum Scab. No, kind I, of a I weird wonder name. What Band's the fuck dope, that name they like, means? But the word is so cool. I'm like, this band's got a cool name. <laughs> Dude, dude. So, all right. So, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's like a normie chick, right? We're hanging out on the couch the other day. And I post a flyer for a show we're doing with that band, Gun Gum Scab, in the middle of New Hampshire, which is nuts because there's never hardcore shows in New Hampshire. And my girlfriend looks at me and goes, "What the fuck is Gum Scab?" And uh, <laughs> that that really just kind of fucking set it all for me. You know, what I mean, no disrespect to the band in Gum Scab, but uh, see, I dope band. I'm and also, kids, we watch all the time. Black leather jacket, and I'm thinking of some cool ass like whiteout name. Like a tag on some jacket, and all the younger kids are like, "Yo, that band name's cool." And you don't even know what the fuck it means, but it's just a cool fucking name. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Let's see what you got. All right, you know who's coming up first? And it, it's shout That's out. I got Kareem represents Frank's around. real neighborhood shit. He's he's the man. He's at every show doing fucking karate moves that he learned a decade ago. Uh, everybody in that band, I've seen those kids, uh, you know, at, around for at least five, seven years now. They're all nice kids. They're just having fun, you know? And, like, I respect it, too, because they're just playing what they want to play. They're not trying to fit any aesthetic. And to me, that's cool. Then you got the Killing Me Kids. And in my opinion, oh, doing yeah. everything right. Dope band. Fuck. So good. Great band. David's vocals are way too good for his age. It's not fair. And then you got the New Jacks, New Jacks, the rip What are they called? Kids. Which rip off, rip off. Are they from who are they? Who are they? Uh, they're they're friends with Killing Me. I know they're in that crowd. I think they're Delaware. I think half's from Delaware and half's from Philly. Okay, but um, cool band, nice kids. I think they're all in high school. Do we get still, any just got fucking high school, info? And then or, I know uh, what they sound like instead of just that they're cool. David is an asshole, but I love the dude. <laughs> I know. Uh, I love, I love killing me. Fuck that band's So good. And the, the, the best part about that band is they all look like, yeah, like their mom is outside. You're like, Yo, when you're done playing the set, we got to go home. They, they play music that is 200 pounds above their weight limit. Um, I I used to make fun of David. That's true. I, and you say he has a his has a head too big. And then I would say, like, ask him, like, <clears throat> Yo, where did you get your pillow to sleep on? Because your head's so fucking big. And the first time we had them open at the church, the first, like, pre-breakdown, like, cool thing to say, he said, yo, blank. I use a regular size pillow like right before the breakdown, and I'm literally on the side like, ah! <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah. Love a good, love a good call. All the shit I That's talk, so dope. Right back in my face, and the first, and they opened this crazy hot show for no pressure last June, and they fucking wrecked it. And I, I fucking love them guys too. Um, I guess the thing to do is to talk individually about the upcoming shit you guys got going on, and then we'll kind of say goodbye. All right, BG, that's all you. You guys got a lot more going on. Um, Let's see. So end of this month, um, actually, the David Split comes out. We're doing a show with Ends of Sanity, The World, uh, Opposition Climb. I think Street Power might be playing, and I forget, and Worcester. This is Hardcore, obviously, Saturday, August 5th. Um, we have a ton of local shows going on. Vamacar Momentum's coming through. We're rocking that show with a few local bands. Um, doing Connecticut with that, you know, bad yeah, dead wrong. You remember, guys, remember dead wrong? I think they might be back because I've seen them on a few other shows. Um, but this is their like reunion show or something. Us, Pale, Pale Horse, Horse, them, a few other bands Vinny's from CT. Back? Pale Horse, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, Love yeah, yeah. Vinny's back, dude. I know, dude. Um, we have like a few shows here and there. We're doing a little run. It's almost done being booked, like beginning of September. Um, with that band opposition. Uh, we have a show. I'm actually psyched about this. Yeah. You remember that band, Ambitions? So they're back, too, and we're doing a show with them, H2O, Ankle Biter, and some other random band in, in, in Providence. But Ambitions is one of the bands that got me into hardcore that was, like, really important to me when I was getting into hardcore. So it's, like, a bucket list item for me. And I think we're going to do, like, a Texas tour in November, and I think that's really it. I think that's all I got so far. We got... This is hardcore, obviously, coming up. We're playing with the Cro-Mags tomorrow in Jersey, Asbury Park. Uh, which which Cro-Mags? Uh, if it's Cro-Mags, you're playing with the Harley Mags. Okay. Ah, dude. Yeah, I know it's cool. the Best Wishes set. That's all I know. That's at the Rumble. Oh, yeah. That um, makes wicked sense. And definitely Harley. No, that's uh, – they're, they're playing uh, – Oh, shit. House and they're doing tomorrow. the fucking Best Wishes of that? This motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh we got thrown out it last week actually uh so i'm excited little pretty this is hardcore set and then uh we have a, something coming up in philly i can't talk about yet in september and then i know later in the year we're doing a run with hold my own bayway and reaching out we're gonna do a couple days down south dope dude Dude, I like that band Bayway a lot. It, pure yeah, awesome. nice, Um They support the bands every time that they play a show with. More of that shit that I see yeah. now that you see. Yep. And this is something that I, I want to close on for the most part is that we came up, obviously, in any band we did, we came up with some of the bands. And there was this cool fraternity of, hey, we're all in the bands and we're helping out. But there always was these fucking sucker motherfuckers that just couldn't be on board. They're like a little too cool. Like if everyone's cool, there's one or two guys not that cool. I love this era. Yeah. Because no one is that too cool to rock out for another band. And it, and it really is most personified in your guys' split. And I mean, that's, I mean, that sincerely. So I mean, for sure, there are bands at bigger levels and I could name them, but then they won't come on the podcast. So we're going to try to keep a future guest. <laughs> but they'll stand on stage, but they're texting their little band group chat with snide comments. Like they're watching you, but they're not yeah. happy when you're succeeding. I see nothing in that with your entire group yeah. of friends and bands that you guys are all talking about. 
I love knowing that the bands today are supporting their friends and not supporting their friends because they know if they don't, then they look like assholes. They're doing it because they understand this whole thing works on everybody supporting each other. And I fucking love that you. Yep, exactly. Every, you everybody's got to eat. I love that you guys are working with Richie. I'm very happy that we had uh, you guys had a chance to have you guys out on this podcast. And um, I really am looking forward to what we can do from this is hardcore to make sure more people know about you guys. I, you guys are truly, in my opinion, rising stars. I think if you guys keep going the way you're going to go, I know that there's a lot of stuff still in front of you, but I still believe that you guys and what your bands personify are going to help continue the awesome shit that's been happening since the return of hardcore shows after the pandemic. I appreciate it. I'm excited for the future. And I did forget to say there will be split release shows for the wrist split. We're still working on it. So. Oh yeah. Man, shit. We got to figure that out. Huh? That right, I'll never be in charge of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we're, we're, you know, we're sailing the ship, but it hasn't sunk yet. So, you know, and we, oh, it would be funny if we just waited till next year <laughs> to do a, the awesome. actual split release show. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, like it's this is hardcore and everything, but do a split release weekend tour just like in the it, middle of February it, next week. Awesome. Yeah, that would you know, at least they know the words by then. I'm telling you guys <laughs> are gonna kill it. The songs are fucking killers, and I couldn't be happier for everybody involved. Thank you for guys coming on the show. Can't wait to see you guys at this is hardcore, and I'll give you guys a chance to shout out anybody if you wish to do so. Always. Fuck Ben Stucky. I want to shout out The Hive. I want to shout out my new skinhead band, which is called oh, Buddy in the 40 Bags, and you will hear that soon. And I would like to shout out I would like to shout out Conservatory Military Image. Conservative Military Image, Josh's Porch, and uh, that's all I got. And Elise. Dude. That's all. That's it. My girlfriend, my dog. That's all I need. That's all I got. The new end, the new ends of sanity record. I'll shout that out because that's fucking awesome. Oh fuck, it's so hot, dude. So sick, dude. Oh, uh, Mr. Link singles. Shout out Mr. Link. They're putting out new music. They just jumped on Triple V. Is that it? That all our shout outs? You just kind of you kind of yeah, abruptly it. stopped. Um, oh, the world. So like, the is world. He, is he thinking? <laughs> he's out there leaning <laughs> on done? the edge of the world. Yeah, he's got, he's got something else he wants to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much going on. Nah, there is. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, hey, new DVD out. New, new DVD album Dude, out D Friday. D Snyder's gonna crazy. be so Or maybe sad. it's one song or something. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that like crazy? Who would have thunk? That's so funny. Great. I fucking love Brian. He's one of my best friends on this earth. And he, the fact that he's yeah, still he's doing shit and still loving shit and still the same person I met when I was a kid. It's fucking amazing, man. And I and I I really appreciate you guys for coming on the show. Yeah. And um again. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Thank you, Joe. Love you, brother. Appreciate it. Well, there you go, folks. Awesome, fun, good hangout, good chats. P. Hard Tur checking in. And if you didn't laugh with us when we had that conversation, I don't know. I fucking love BG. I love Clemo. I love seeing young bands kicking ass, teaming up together. No bullshit. Com comparing scans or comparing uh what do they say uh listeners monthly listeners just out there 
These guys are fucking, some of these guys are straight edge, some of these guys are obviously not, ripping beers, partying, playing shows all over together, up and down the East Coast. BG in in Europe has got to be the most fun shit, just to watch people's faces because of his thick accent. But in general, this is what hardcore is made of, is bands that have the bull by the horns, they're taking shit in their own direction, and they're doing it in the right way. So, cool to see them linking up with Richie Crutch. Never ran, never will records. Make sure to stop by and check out Fool's Game and Risk. There's Hardcore next weekend. And also to stop by the Never Ran, Never Will records table, which will be also at This Is Hardcore. And thank you for supporting this podcast. I would suggest always listen to 185 Miles South. Purely one of the coolest hardcore podcasts. Pure dudes, awesome uh, great conversations, and, you know, I think that a weird thing I, I could put them towards is if you're a person who likes sports, you want to listen to people talk about sports. These guys are the heavyweights of talking about hardcore and, and, and analyzing and going back and forth and rating. I think the rating systems help so much. It gives great feedback, the best hardcore podcast that I can think of. And once again, I don't know if you took heed and checked out Antimatter Substack, but just in the last couple of weeks, the interview with Mike Judge, uh, Norm had up. The interview with Brendan from Incendiary was fucking great. That just came out today, I believe. But Norm is not fucking around. And continue to support people that support you. And that's the best way to put it. A couple of weeks from now, you'll be hearing about FYA Fest. Bob's got a bunch of shit coming up in the fall. We've got a bunch of shit coming. We, meaning the Philly Hardcore Shows in general, but Bob's got a bunch of shit coming up. They're going to be wild. Just thank you for supporting us. Thank you for supporting Real DIY Hardcore. And we'll talk to you next week with a fucking banger of an episode to lead off my favorite week in the year, which is This Is Hardcore Fest. Good luck to my friend and brother, Martin, as he has Sound and Fury this weekend. And I hope that for everyone that is traveling, be safe, hydrate, don't suck up too much dust, and enjoy yourselves. And we'll see you all next week in Philadelphia for This Is Hardcore Fest. Take care. T-I-H-E-Podcast.com. Oh, shit. should have. I don't think anyone's listening, but if they are, uh, I'll post the link. But Koyo got in an accident, and they need to go fund me. They will still be playing the fest, but they got in an accident. So check out, support, take care.